Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. The state double-A soccer tournament is in full swing. Stan Van Gundy goes to the New York Pel- uh, New Orleans Pelicans. And our ESPN roundtable with former Montana Lady Grizz basketball player and current assistant coach Jordan Sullivan. It is Tutelan Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this very, very fine Wednesday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Thanks for spending some of it with us on your radios, on your televisions, as the case may be, or... On the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com, you get on there to the uh, live Listen Live tab. You jump in the stream. The stream is available anytime you'd like to listen live. What's going on here on the station? The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to pick up your phone and call, feel free to do that as well. 361-3688. The phone number, all guests. Join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. You can also text 
that phone number as well. We'll be happy to get your text messages in on the uh, on the line as well. In the show today, we're going to get into some high school stuff here off the bat. Both the state AA uh, soccer tournament where we're at for uh, the semifinals, which have been ongoing yesterday and today to set up championship games over this weekend. And also, uh, we will get into uh, the uh, newest, the latest, Treasure State Media poll from our friend Anthony Knockreiner up there in uh, Flathead uh, area in Kalispell puts together these polls every week. The uh, second to last poll of the regular season before we head into uh, the postseason is the last regular season week in high school football. Uh, so we'll give you uh, the updated standings across the state and take a look at uh, some teams who have really emerged and some teams who have just been there all the way through. It is a Wednesday. We're going to give you some wings over to the Desperado Sports Tavern, the best wings in the city of Missoula. We're going to get you set up with those. Coulter, I got some great trivia questions for you. I'm pumped up about this week's trivia for you. I think you're going to like it, so we'll get, Bring you, it. get you set up on that. Uh, we will talk a little bit about the big news. Stan Van Gundy coming, uh, I guess I wouldn't say out of retirement, but out of not being a head coach for quite a little while. He's going to take over in New Orleans for the Pelicans, who wouldn't want to be a coach on that exciting young team that uh, is wrought with talent in, uh, in New Orleans. So we'll get into that. Uh, just a little bit. Top of the hour, our ESPN roundtable, as we do each and every Wednesday. Very happy this week to welcome Jordan Sullivan to the roundtable. She is uh, obviously an outstanding, outstanding player for the Lady Grizz in the early aughts, 2011 to 2014. Had uh, played the most games in the history of the school at the point that she was done playing. 129 games she played for the Lady Grizz. Has now been on the staff for four, four seasons uh, after having played professionally overseas for a couple of years. So we'll look forward to talking to her about uh, her her life as a lady Grizz, as a professional basketball player, and now as an assistant coach on the staff. And obviously, it's still the World Series. Game one goes to the L.A. Dodgers 8-3. Clayton Kershaw outstanding in game one. I'm happy for him that he was able to do that, maybe exercise some of the defense, some of the narrative. But obviously, the Dodgers got to break through and win the hold-on thing to, to sort of complete it, to make it come full circle. But they got a good start on that yesterday and tonight. Uh, a great pitching matchup. Blake Snell going for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Tony Gonsolin going for the uh, L.A. Dodgers. So we'll get into that a little bit as well. So there you go. That is the show. Colter, hello. How are you? What's up, guys? How come, how come not Walker Bueller? He's going tomorrow. Okay. Uh, game three, they got Walker slated for. I, don't, I, I think this has to do more with, uh, you know, having full rest, that sort of thing going in between. Uh, and maybe it's just a matchup deal. Honestly, I mean, it might be just it might just be, you know, a gut feeling where you want to roll a guy out there, something like that. So, uh, I don't know. Walker Bueller's on deck right now, and I do want to talk to you about that very thing. We'll get there. It's a long time from now, though. People got nothing to do. They'll stick around. That's right. They always yeah. do. All right. Well, let's jump into this here, Coulter. Well, I want to know you want you said you wanted to start with a little bit of high school stuff today. So let's do it. It's our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank online, farmersebank.com. Uh Coulter, do you want to start with the football or the soccer let's side? Let's start with thing? soccer. Okay, let's do it. That's the farthest into the Oh man, you spent you spent a lot of time today looking no, up mean, stats and you're so excited to tell everybody about the soccer, so I'm excited well, too. But Tuesday, right? The Hellgate uh boys Posted a win over Kalispell Glacier, a very, very good game. one nothing. the final score of this game. So Glacier giving Hellgate all they could possibly handle. But Hellgate gets uh, through, and they are on into the uh, champion, the state championship game. Meanwhile, Bozeman, they beat Missoula Sentinel 2 nothing. Sentinel, a great season, comes to a close in the semifinal. So, uh, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Bozeman versus Hellgate for the boys' state championship in Class AA soccer. This will be the the uh, 
second year in a row, rematch of last year's state title game between these two teams. But then when you start to peel back the layers, it's been the two preeminent programs in the state for the last decade, and it's not close. Uh, Over the last 10 years, since 2011, when Hellgate won their first of what has been then five state titles since 2011, Hellgate's won five. Bozeman's won four of the last nine state titles. So this is basically, and that's all nine if you're counting it. All nine. The, so the two of them and nobody else. This matchup is basically a matchup for uh, supremacy for the decade. Uh, they played right. each other three times in the state championship. That's only been since 2014. Actually, I say only in quotes. But these teams now have played three times in the last five state championships. Now they'll play for a fourth time in six years. And Hellgate has won. Four out of the last five state titles, but Bozeman is two and one against Hellgate in state championship mm. matches. So the the team that Hellgate couldn't get past, Hellgate was perennially playing in the state championship starting in the late two thousands, and then they broke through in two thousand eleven for a championship. But then they had a little span in the mid two thousand tens where they lost to Bozeman back to back years, and last year was actually their first time beating Bozeman in the state title match. And so now yeah, we have this, um, the, the two juggernauts colliding, but this is the most amazing of the stats that I found since the MHSA instituted boys soccer in 1991, either Hellgate or Bozeman has played for the state title 17 times. Wow. So that's more than half of the times Bozeman Hawks have played for 11 state championships and the Hellgate Knights have played for nine state championships just since 1991. So pretty much every other year over the last 30 years, even a little bit more than half of the years over the last 30 years, it's been either Bozeman or Hellgate. And this decade, it's been particularly dominated by those two teams that are the, pretty much the only two teams that have done it. The, they are the only two teams that have won state ch- titles, but it's also often that they're playing each other for the state championship. Well, I thought it was remarkable there. You said you know these two teams are share the last nine state championships, but they... I say only, it's still a lot, but they've only played each other three times. What's remarkable to me in that is that one of these two teams has made it there and played some other team who's obviously having a great year as well to find themselves in the state championship game, presumably going through one of these two teams, by the way, on the way to that state championship game. And in that game, these two teams are combined 6-0 and against not each other in the championships yeah. over yeah. the last yeah. nine years. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Well, Helena High has also played for four state titles in that span. Billing Senior won, Kalispell Glitch won. That's it. So that's and, the and only team that have played. Yes. They're over. You know, I mean, what do you do? You get there and, you know. Yeah, just... The last time there was a non-Bozeman or Hellgate state champion at the AA level was Helena High in 2010. Uh, in, uh, in the girls... It's pretty striking, though, that the billing schools have not been able to gain any traction because that usually you think... Numbers equate to success, but that and Bozeman definitely has a numbers advantage. They have, and we'll see if that lasts now with the opening of Gallatin High and Bozeman. But um, Senior was supposed to be a team that was right there this year, but then Sentinel did both Bozeman and Hellgate a favor by knocking out Billing Senior. But then Sentinel falls last night to Bozeman, 2 nothing. So yeah. that's how the Hawks were able to advance to the state championship. Uh, on the girls' side of this thing, it is not the same story. 
the uh, Kalispell Glacier Wolfpack girls uh, upset Bozeman 2-1 in extra time Tuesday. So they are in their uh, in the state championship for the first time ever in the history of the school on the girls' side. So congratulations to them. That's outstanding. They are going to play the winner of Helena High and the Hellgate girls. That game is this evening. So we're, we're still, you know, this kicks off here. And well, it's, it's going right now. It's, it's going now? Okay. one nothing. Hellgate leads Helena High. Wow. Six minutes to go in the first half. So the Knights are the four seed out of the West. They've already upset top seed of Billings West. Right. The overwhelming favorite and the defending state champions. And Helena High is the Western AA champion. And probably, well, not probably, they are the best program on the Western side of the state. They have been for a long time. And, uh, Hellgate's Hellgate got him on the ropes. Already got a goal. And so, so Hellgate, for all that's been made of the dominance of the Hellgate boys program this decade, the Hellgate girls have had a hard time getting it going. It's usually been Big Sky and Sentinel that have been the better Missoula teams. Hellgate's never played for the state championship. So we already have Kalispell under their first state title match. Kalispell Glacier, that is. Missoula Hellgate trying to join them. That would be an anomaly because, as we talked about on the show yesterday, because of the way that soccer has evolved into a year-round sport, the towns that have the clubs that have the feeder programs to the high schools, they can just stay so dominant so it's really hard to break in and have a, a well, new team have success. I was just going to say that, and it would be it would be awesome. It, you know, I mean, you know, obviously Helena wins, and that's great. But if, if Hellgate and Glacier were playing each other for the you know the first appearance ever in a state championship game for both schools, uh, both both girls programs, that'd be a lot of fun. I w- I was thinking about this though in in sports that are not. Uh, maybe as widely played as some of the sports, like maybe a football and golf, uh, excuse me, football and basketball and so on. Um, if you create a program that's great, that's dominant in the sport, it seems like it's easier to retain and carry that success through year after year. Uh, I'm not entirely sure why that's the case, but it just seems like it's maybe you have a little bit more parity because there's a lot more kids playing on a, on a maybe a more widespread level playing basketball or playing football that then you can get you know high watermarks like Missoula Sentinel this year you know for for a, a team that hasn't won a state championship since the 90s and in yet in a thing like cross country it's just like hey book it Bozeman you know yeah. book it Hellgate's going to be great like those and and for soccer for the boys it has been but now I think you see that soccer is getting more wide play, and so maybe some schools, some teams that maybe haven't been able to build their programs to the level of some of the dominant ones in the state are starting to be able to do that. Well, no question. I mean, there's there's not a numbers problem at the at at least Hellgate and Sentinel for soccer, boys or girls. Right. There is numbers issues for the football teams. Period. Right. Even Sentinel has a numbers issue. They just have a bunch of talent right sure. now. But they, I mean. At the, at the game last weekend, I mean, Helena High had 30-plus guys more than Sentinel dressed out. I mean, it's not like the Spartans have hundreds of guys or even 100 guys. Kalispell Glitch, we had Grady Bennett on the show yesterday. Kalispell Glitch got 116 kids on their football roster. Mm-hmm. Sentinel has like 50, mm-hmm. which is a lot more than Hellgate and Big Sky. I mean, I couldn't believe after watching Big Sky live and then going down to the Bitter and watching Florence and seeing a Class B school had more kids out for football than Missoula Big Sky. There's an, there's an enrollment issue, or there's a there's a uh, participation issue when it comes to football at the Missoula schools. But the other part of it is that I think that we have a, I mean, we've talked a, a lot with both Mick Morris and Matt Johnson, the two football coaches at Hellgate and Big Sky, respectively. And 
it used to be that kids would participate in sports to participate in sports. It was fun. You got to make friends. You had something to do after school. Your parents were going to make you. You were given an ultimatum, get a job or play sports. You got to go on road trips. You got to eat at Applebee's, all these things. And now it seems that kids, there's very few guys that are just like, I'm going to go out for football because I just want to be on the football team. I just want a letter. You know, I just want to earn that varsity letter. It's not really a thing anymore. But that's why Hellgate has been able to stay so strong in soccer because everybody wants to play for the Knights. They've only lost six matches in the last six years. Yeah, so it's pretty much just book it. But you know, this is going to be a fun state title match. And, and, and this is news, actually. Supposed to be played in Bozeman on Saturday. It's also supposed to be a high of 12 degrees in Bozeman on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So they smartly pushed this thing back to next week. So the 28th, what day of the week is that? It's a week from today. So next, yeah, next Wednesday. Next, yeah, next Wednesday. Next right. Wednesday, the state title match will be played. Well, I, I agree because if you're playing soccer when it's 12, what you, you're you kicking a bowling ball, and that hurts. Yeah. For those wondering why is Bozeman host, it was predetermined that the Eastern champion was going to host mm. for the playoffs. So even though Hellgate's undefeated, they only have one tie this year. That was against Missoula Sentinel. Mm-hmm. And Bozeman has the one loss. I believe it was to Billing Senior. Bozeman gets to host well, because of a predetermined bracket. And if I'm not mistaken, the, uh, this game, the championship game, was in Missoula last year, uh, if 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 I recall correctly. I'd have to look that up to be sure, but I think that was the case. So, you know, it makes sense. Share share the uh, share the venue a little bit. Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. All right, Colter, let's hop over to football. The Treasure State Media Poll is out. Uh, our friend Anthony Knockreiner from KGEZ up there in Kalispell uh, puts this out each week, the uh, Treasure State Media Poll. And in Class AA, there are two undefeated teams remaining. They are 1-2 and two in the state. It is Sentinel at Spillings West. They're both 6-0. and oh. uh, Obviously, that implies they have not played each other yet. But here's what's interesting. 18 total votes, one first place vote to Billings West, 17 to Sentinel. Now, there may be a bit of a voting bias here in terms of more members of the media on the western side of the state maybe had a chance to see Sentinel play a little bit more than Billings West. It's my contention that Sentinel has um, the better resume, not even so much in who they've beat, but how they've beat the teams that they've beat. I think that their game against Glacier Friday, which is, uh, you know, we heard from Grady Bennett yesterday, is another uh, is it a significant test? Yeah, it is. It's a significant test. And if they can, you know, if they win that, and particularly if they win that game handily, uh, I think that they deserve to be the number one team in the state. But I also understand why people, you know, are like, well, you know, Billings West is undefeated. Billings West has been dominant. Billings West won by 42 points last week over Belgrade. You know, you can't just assume that Sentinel's better, and you certainly cannot. I just think when you take a look at the preponderance of talent, you want to talk about Division One, and then just other college football players, guys that are going to, uh, to to be playing on Saturdays. And also, again, the way that they've won the games they've won, I think Sentinel makes sense to me as the number one uh, over Billings West, even though Billings West has had a, a phenomenal, obviously, undefeated year. Yeah, man, I'm glad you let us down this road because we were just recording our weekly Make It Rainy podcast with Sean Rainey, and him and I were talking about this. Because um, he was asking me, you know, he, he's been around, he's been doing his thing covering sports in Montana for a decade about, uh, but he was asking me how they compare to some teams like back when I was in college or back when I was in high school or even before that growing up in Montana. And here's the thing I would say about the Sentinel Spartans. I don't think yet that they are the greatest team. You can't give them any of the, you can't anoint, you can't them, anything till you won you can't thing. anoint them with any of the platitudes that, 
that are being floated about this team until they win it. But also, I think that it's it's a lot easier to forget or, or to all all the players of consequence on Sentinel, with the exception of Dylan Rollins, get all the statistics. So they're always going to be the biggest part of the story, whether it's in the newspaper or on the TV. You show the kids that catch the touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You show the kids that, you know, the quarterbacks. That's that's what that's what the highlight reel is made up of usually. And so then it's easy to forget the teams like the Bozeman High team in 2013 that I had five Division One guys, one of whom's a tight end who now is starting for the Seattle Seahawks and Will Disley. But guys like... Trace Bradshaw was an all-state defensive tackle came to play for the Grizz. Uh, Grant Collins was a four-year starter middle linebacker for Montana State. Grant Collins never scored a touchdown. Grant Collins was a dang good player, though, at Bozeman High. You, know, you harken back to some of those CMR teams, and they were more ground and pound, not nearly as talented on the perimeter. But here's the thing I would say about Sentinel, though. The, the position where Montana teams are going to struggle the most is after your number one corner. Number two, three, and four corners in Montana are just going to be a pretty significant step down, particularly because so often schools don't want to play their best receiver every single snap on defense, too. So then the best receiver is going to have a mismatch almost always. Then you talk about Sentinel. If you just had Hayden Cruz, who's Zach Cruz's brother, Zach Cruz is an all-state defensive end who's already got offers from Montana, Montana State. If you just had Hayden Cruz, if you just had Hayden and Zach Cruz, you'd have one of, if not the best pair of receivers in the state. Mm-hmm. But they have the two best receivers in the state to go with those guys in T.J. Roush and Jace Kuswich. So this is where Sentinel, I think, has a chance to be maybe not the best, but the team that's the most impossible to stop. Because Kluswich can line up in the backfield, in the slot, on either side, at the wing or outside, all you really have to do if you got into a position where you were up against the wall and you needed to make a comeback or you were in a tight game or whatever, all you got to do is isolate Kluswich. And you can. And his talent gap between whoever is going to be trying to slow him down if it's a one-on-one matchup is going to be so enormous because there's not even anything close to Division One DB in Montana right now, let alone if you get him in the slot on the third DB, who's probably like a sophomore, mm-hmm. you know, who's playing in his eighth varsity right. game of his life. So that's where I think that Sentinel really has such a huge advantage. And Billings West is doing it in a different way. You know, Billings West is throwing their tight ends a lot. They got a couple really good ones. They're rushing the passer with fervor. You know, those two kids, Paul Brott and, and Neil Daly, I mean, those kids are both D1 guys. So they're doing it in a way more. To, I guess what I'm saying is, Sentinel is completely atypical for Montana, whereas Billings West looks like just like a Montana juggernaut team. They're yeah. built like that. They have good lines. They got good ends. They have a tough running back. They have some good athletes on the perimeter too. That'll be the matchup to watch if and when these two teams meet in the state championship. Because the Dowler brothers, they can run a little bit, and those guys might be able to match up a little bit on the outside with Kluswich and Rouch. But I agree with you. I think Sentinel number one. That's where it should be. Uh, rounding out the top five, Billings uh, Senior is number three, Bozeman is number four, and Helena is number five. All those teams just one loss teams. And by the way, the Glacier Wolfpack, they would presumably be your number six team in the state. And uh, 
and they are also just a one-loss team. And that's really, by the way, the point of separation. I mean, I, I don't know who a middle-of-the-road team is this year. Like, maybe Butte. I, I'm not sure. But it's it's kind of the, the six best teams are the clear-cut six best teams at the AA level this season. In Class A, Hamilton still on top of everybody, 8-0 and on the season. They got 11 first-place votes. Billing Central, 5-0. and They're the only other undefeated team in this, uh, in this poll. They got six first place votes. And they deserve it because they thrashed the defending state champs last week, 42-0, beat Miles City, snapped Custer County High School's 16-game winning streak. So Billing Central, uh, a team that's certainly on a mission. And Miles City consequently drops a little bit here. They're they're still in it, top five, but they are fifth uh, with 22 points total, no first place votes for them. Dylan is at number three at six and one. Laurel at number four at four and one. Uh, Frenchtown not in this poll uh, with two losses, uh, not surprisingly, but still getting wins that they need, and their losses are to undefeated Hamilton and to one loss, Dylan, in overtime. Uh, so, uh, you know, Frenchtown, to me, if Frenchtown wins this week and just finishes their regular season with two losses to two top three teams. To me, they're a playoff team, and I, I think they, they've earned it. They deserve to be there, and I hope that they get in. Well, Tuesday night game last night, Sydney came out on top. They won, and that helped. Uh, they beat Lewistown 39-13, and that helped clinch the number four seed out of the East for the Eagles. Okay. So right now, Miles City's in the, in the inside track. My, excuse me, Billing Central's inside track for the one seed out of the East. Laurel Miles City right there. I think I'm not sure. I think that those three teams have clinched. The fact that Sydney's locked in at four, I believe that the other three have clinched now. It's just a a matter of uh, determining the seating. But that means that Sydney is going to come to Hamilton for the first round of the playoffs because Hamilton has clinched the number one seed out of the West. But the rest of the West uh, still to be determined. Mathematically, Poulsen's probably still alive, but I think that they're on the outside looking in, as is Whitefish. They both have three losses. Frenchtown with the two losses, they're sitting pretty good. Dylan, I think, can't I think Dylan's in. So it's a matter if they're two, three, or four. I think the last couple spots still for grabs. So there there is still a lot to play for. Yeah, Frenchtown's still in the mix, Poulsen's still in the mix, Columbia Falls still in the mix, Whitefish still in the mix. So it's still a lot to be determined out of the West. It is interesting. Hamilton 8-0, Billing Central only 5-0. Billing Central missing a couple games because of, of COVID stuff that's gone on that ended up being canceled. And Hamilton, their very first, quote, win of the season was, in fact, a forfeiture. So they are 8-0, but they've only played seven games. Uh, but nonetheless, this is the you know some of the imbalance that we expected and now have seen uh, in, uh, in, in 2020 in the way that's going. But uh, it will all get worked out during the state tournament. Uh, Class B, Coulter, Manhattan is the number one team in the state. They are the mm. uh, undisputed number one team in the state. 7-0, and they're the only undefeated team in the state. They got 14 first-place votes. Uh, all 14, by the way. This, though, is fantastic. The number two team in the state right now, Class B, the Florence Falcons, man. And Florence Carlton has been a team that has uh, been – been in fact not very good in the past and then as they've been building over the last couple of years it's sort of gotten better and better but this year they are absolutely outstanding they're six and one on the season uh and have uh have just played a, a phenomenal uh schedule and and beaten people they even beat you know class a corvallis like you were talking about last week so florence there at number two six and one fairfield is four and one there at number three Big Fork, 6-2, and two, the only two-loss team on any of these polls, is at number four. And then Molta rounds out the top five at four and one. 
you wonder what Florence, uh, you have to think that Florence, after going for it inside their own five-yard line on fourth down and coming up short, and then Manhattan scoring in overtime to win that contest down the bitter route, you have to think that Florence wants another shot at the Tigers. Well, of course. Because they're the ones that took them down to the wire. And, and that's a that's a fire and ice type matchup, right? I mean, you got two diametrically different styles. And uh, I mean, Florence is impressive, man. I talked about him ever since I saw him live. But Pat Shane Jr. is a real deal at quarterback. And I think that they have a chance to really light teams up, especially if they stay hot offensively because they run this hurry-up spread that's so much about rhythm. And... Uh, I think they have a chance to make some noise in Class B playoffs. One one note too, I, I left out Libby as a team in the West. That's certainly a contender in Class mm-hmm. A. So right now your overall records in Class A out of the West you got Hamilton eight and zero, Dillon six and one, Frenchtown six and two. They got Columbia Falls and Libby are both five and three, Whitefish four and three, Polson four and four. So Pirates, uh, I was just thinking of their conference record with the two losses, but they're at four and four, probably not in. Yeah, it. yeah, um, but. Uh, out of the East in A, you got Central sitting there undefeated, then Miles City, Sydney, and Laurel. I think that's that's your playoff field because you got Harden zero and six. Livingston decided Park City, or excuse me, Park County High decided not to play this year. Lewistown is three and four, and Haver one and five. Surprising Blue Ponies, a semifinals from a year ago, and yeah. one of the best players in Class A, and Kellen Dietrich, who's coming to the Grizzlies. Uh, just the one win so far this year. Uh, but so I, I could confirm them by look, just looking at these things that Miles City, Sydney. Billing Central and Laurel are your teams out of the East in the playoffs. Hamilton, Dillon clinched from the West. Two spots left for the West between Frenchtown, Columbia Falls, Libby. It's Tutel Nuanas, ESPN Radio. This has been our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. Check them out online, farmersebank.com. Quick break. On the other side, it's time to give away some wings to you. I'll do some trivia with Coulter. I think you're going to like this. And, of course, you're going to like Wings from the Desperado, all that. Coming up next. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Stats and trivia. How can you ever beat Coulter on these things? It's Tutel Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. At Gus Tutel on Twitter, that's me. At 1029 ESPN, that's the station. That's Skyline Sports MT. That's Coulter for all of your up-to-the-moment Big Sky Conference news and notes. Coming up in a half an hour, our ESPN roundtable with Jordan Sullivan, assistant coach for the University of Montana women's basketball team. Looking forward to talking with her at 5 o'clock. But first, it's time for Wing It Wednesday. It's brought to us by the Desperado Sports Tavern. We're going to give you wings to the Desperado. you got to do nothing but call, okay? You don't need to... You don't need to know anything. You just need to know the phone number, 361-3688. You get in here and uh, you uh, participate with us. You don't have to, you know, just call. That's all you got to do. We'll give you wings over to the Desperado Sports Tavern. Coulter, you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's roll. What are you buying? Nothing. 
How is it that you just can't do that? You gotta have your you're on the thing. What are you buying? You got your credit card out here? Dude, don't worry about it. No one can see us. You, we're on statewide television. <laughs> we're right there. Look at the camera. It's SWS. Everybody's watching you. See, put your this wall is why away. Ryan can never actually get away with anything because he has no idea of the concept of hiding in plain sight. Oh my goodness. That is absurd. It's not absurd. You, I better be getting whatever you got. There's, there's nothing to get. Are you ready to focus? I, in? I'm ready. Let's Shut go. your computer okay. because I, I, know, I don't want. I want to make sure you're not cheating. I'm just sweating, is what I'm doing. That's right, because you've just been caught. You're ordering hot sauce on the internet during the show. <laughs> it's just what I do. Too- I only shop local. I don't even know how to shop on the internet. Well, no, you can still buy it local on the internet. I would never do that. Absolutely. It's against my principles. Get Alpine Touch right there on the internet. Nope. It's beautiful. Go buy it from my local neighborhood grocery okay. store. Okay. Uh, Coulter, it is time for a little bit of trivia. All right. You ready okay. for this? Here, ready. I've themed it for you today. Statistical NFL leaders through six weeks of mm. NFL football. So here's the thing that's so weird about my brain. <laughs> the thing? If it's happening now or has happened recently... I have no idea. No. If it happened before I was alive, there's a really good chance I know. Uh, here's what I think that is. I think that is just like hearsay and caveats. No, it's called it's called reading. No, no. Yeah, no, it's called reading. I read a lot more when I was younger. You can read all this. All right, let's let's do a, let's do a little trivia here and let's okay. see what happens. Can't wait. Boy, some chicken wings would really hit the spot. Tummy likey. Tummy want wingy. There's six weeks. Of NFL football, Coulter Nuanas. Who is leading the NFL in rushing yards? Hmm. They were going to lead with passing, and I was going to be able to nail that one. Were you? Yeah. Uh, who is leading the league in rushing yards? You know, you don't have to, you know, you know, like you can talk it out. Do you have any good guesses? Guys you well, think are pretty good running backs or good running football teams? Uh, as, I, I, I'm going to say Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry's had the two biggest games that I can remember off the top of my head, including this last week where he was either floating with or went over 200 yards. Derrick Henry is leading the NFL mm-hmm. through six weeks, 588 yards on the ground for Derrick Henry, followed by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, mm. five oh five for the rookie. Mm. One of those two. One of those two is going to last. Followed by Dalvin Cook, who went out a week ago last yeah. week. Dalvin Cook, four hundred eighty nine yards. Yeah, Dalvin would be in the lead if the Vikings wouldn't have decided to give him twenty four carries the first two weeks of the year, and then he got hurt against the Seahawks because he's actually probably had. I think he's been the most consistently spectacular. I think Derrick Henry has two games over hundred yards. I think Dalvin Cook has three. I, you want to know who else? Who's the only other back besides those two guys that have multiple 100-yard games this year? Kareem Hunt. Ronald Jones. Mm. Back-to-back 100-yard games for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, you know, it's easy to get 100 yards rushing if you're playing the Green Bay Packers. Through six weeks of NFL football, Coulter, question number two. Yeah. Who's leading the league in receiving yards? DeAndre Hopkins. I'm shocked at this. You are? I mean, well, I have him in fantasy, so that's why I know because he's like ten for one thirty every single week. Let me back this up. That's this sounds like a stupid statement for me to say. I'm shocked at this. I think DeAndre Hopkins is the most talented wide receiver in football. Is he the most talented, or is he just the best? Well, I mean, 
Those are not. Those are those they're, are definitively different. They things. They are different things. I think he's I mean, both. I mean, mm, I, I do. See, he's not more talented than DK Metcalf. No, yes, not, th- that is false. He is more talented than DK Metcalf. He's not as physically gifted as DK Metcalf because okay. nobody is. But his hands are bigger than DK. He can catch anything in any radius with anything. He's the most talented just pass catcher I've seen since. See, like, see, I I just think that I guess we're we're defining talent in a different fashion. Well, I mean, I'm Hopkins all. is the most competitive wide receiver in the league by a mile. But like his and that's ability why he's to, so good at catching though because he attacks the ball. But okay, but that is I mean that's that's part of it, right? Well, I, I always the best I always wide just, receiver. I always I really, no, I know, but you I'm just I'm de- defining the word talent as something that you were gifted with. Well, you're defining the word talent by size and speed, but that ain't it. That's athleticism. Yeah, talent, but there's there's distinct, there's distinct talents like spatial awareness and things like that. That are gifts as well. Yes. Whereas to me, though, DeAndre Hopkins is what he is because of who he is, not what he was given. No, I. He is a dog. That's I, why he's so good. I think it's all of it. But his his uh, his talent for catching footballs that are not exactly where they should be, that are in traffic, it, it is a mentality. It's also a gift. DeAndre Hopkins, six hundred one yards. Who's number two in the league? Hmm. DK Metcalf. Nope. Is he third? Actually, he is not third. Mm. He's he's down this list a little bit now. They are Calvin they, Ridley. They did have a bye week. Calvin Ridley's number. No, two. he is not. He is in the top five. I didn't go past three though. Okay. Who else has been having big years? Not Julio. Julio had a big. Julio Jones had a big week last week. Yes, he's he did. been terrible before that. Yeah. Mostly just hurt. Uh, it's not Devontae Adams because he's been out for a good no, no. Uh, amount of time. Yeah. It's not DK Metcalf because he's had a couple huge games. Um, you're not going to get this. The, I think the the Chenault kid from nope, Jacksonville. That's a good guess, but no. they, they've been throwing him the ball a lot. It's like that, though. It's like that. Okay, Henry Ruggs. No, Henry Ruggs has been out a little bit. Uh, Justin Jefferson. No, he is four. I think because they've Fourth been throwing him the oh, ball. He's, he's shredding, and, and that's so, in like three weeks. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's so funny because he seriously had four catches the first two or three yes. weeks of the season, and he's yes. got he's had over 150 yards each of the last two weeks. Yeah, I know. I had him. I had him like on my bench for like when somebody one of my guys had a buy or something. And then he went off that one week. And I was like, well, I'm gonna just start starting him. And then like last two weeks, he's been like 25 point player yeah. on in fantasy. Uh, who else might be having a big year? Uh, Sammy Watkins is having a better year than he usually has, but it's not him. Uh, Mike Evans is not having huge receiving yard numbers. He is leading the league in touchdowns, though. Um, but you said somebody like Chenault. So, uh, T. Higgins? No. He's come on. He's come on, but he hasn't been there the whole way. I'll tell you. Who I'll help it? you. Okay. Number three. Yep. Your boy. Stefan Diggs. Oh, yeah. yeah is yeah. in Buffalo. Yeah. Number two, though, 566 yards. Robbie Anderson, Carolina Yikes. Panthers. Robbie Anderson, the number two leading wide receiver in football through six weeks. Take two gloves, baby. Released from the New York Jets. And look at that. The kid's got some talent. Okay. We're right in the middle of this thing. So we're going to do it right now. 361. 3688. You want wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern, the best wings in the city of Missoula? Give us a call. 361-3688. Give your information to Reese there in the back, and we will get you set up with wings over to the Desperado over there on South Russell. Best wings in town, according to you, the voting public. 361-3688 right now. Okay, Coulter. Yeah. Through six weeks. You said you knew this. I do know this. 
who leads the NFL in passing yards. Dak Prescott, despite not playing this previous week, first guy in NFL history to have 450 yards receive, or 450 yards passing three weeks in a row. I believe that he still leads the league just barely over uh, Russell Wilson, and I think that's just because Russ had a bye. Dak Prescott has not played for a game and a half, and sadly he will not play the rest of the season, but through six weeks he is the leading passer in the NFL, 1,856 yeah. yards, however not over Russell Wilson. Well, yes, over Russell Wilson, over everybody. Number two, Matty Ice. Matt Ryan, 1,843 yards. He's 13 yards behind Dak despite playing one extra game. The only other two guys over 1,700 yards, not Russell Wilson. Number Justin four, Herbert? Four. No. I mean, he didn't play the first couple weeks. Yeah. Who? Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And the guy that you and I probably, like, if you added up our love for all the players, like, if you if you made a list of our love for NFL players mm-hmm. and then added those together for per player, this is the guy who would come out on top. Okay. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Okay. So what is what is this indicative of with the, with Josh Allen being the outlier? What, is, what do you mean the outlier? That stats are for mean? losers. That the only reason those guys are leading the league in passing because they play on just bad teams. Oh, oh, totally. Well, I mean, what this is this is as demonstrated last year. I know when, it just drives you, me crazy because Kirk Cousins got the most guaranteed money in the history of the NFL because he played for trash Washington teams and threw for a bunch of yards. And all the fancy football nerds out there thought he was good. He's never been good. He's never going to be good. Just like I don't really know if Matt Ryan is ever going to be good again. I don't know if Dak Prescott's ever going to be worth the money he's going to get paid. I do think Deshaun Watson's worth it, but Deshaun Watson should be operating an offense in which he never is in the top five in the NFL and passing, not because of his talent issue, but because that's just the way that you should operate. Uh, are we going to have to like just do a segment every day about Colter Nuana's obligatory Kirk Cousins hate segment? I hope that people take it not that I hate Kirk Cousins as much as that it's... It, it, I just Stats are for losers when it comes to passing game. But here's the thing. The Chicago Bears are going to have the worst rated quarterback in the entire NFL by the time the season's over, and it'll be shared between multiple guys. And they're still going to be a fringe, if not surefire, playoff team. Because throwing for 400 yards a game gets you literally nowhere in the NFL. The uh, Bears are not going to go to the playoffs. Really? Yes. You think the Bears are going to go 3-9 and nine down the stretch? They very well could. I don't know what they're going to go. I guess 3-7. They're seven not going to go be. to the playoffs. But the point is, is that... In, in instances, well, they have they have four more wins on their schedule. In because they play the Vikings and the Lions twice no, each. No, I guess they only play the Lions one more time. They're going to split with the Vikings at best. I don't know if the Vikings are going to beat anybody. They're going to split with the Vikings. Tank for Trey. Oh, stop! You're never catching the Jets. Trey Lance. No, I don't want Trevor. Oh, I want oh, Trey, Trey Lance. Lance. He's oh. from Minneapolis. Tank for Trey. Okay. The 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 passing yard stats are inflated or not indicative of being good or or certainly of winning but they're also not you know you're you're inverting this to say in fact what this is showing is that you're not good and that also isn't true like Dak Prescott 
is the only reason that Dallas was in any games. And with Andy Dalton, you saw the drop off from Dak to Andy Dalton and what sure. they became. So don't you know because he's thrown for 450 yards a game and your defense is awful and you got great talent on the wide receivers like that doesn't all of a sudden mean to me oh well you can't figure out a way to win with this quarterback because he's not good he is good Kirk Cousins I'm with you like yeah it's it's, it's going to be hard to win with Kirk Cousins I guess my point is that because the in the NFL possessions are at such a huge premium it's not like college you're not in college they're running. Like when you combine the two the two team totals, college teams are running combined forty to fifty more plays in a game than NFL teams are. Therefore, the yardage is just not there. All I'm saying is, you can certainly have a four thousand yard passing season on a playoff team. It's happened dozens of times. If you look through the annals of NFL history, I do believe that there's only one five thousand plus yard passing season in NFL history that was on a playoff team. Peyton Manning. I don't think he threw for 5,000 that year. I think that the first, When they went for Denver? I think he threw 50-plus touchdowns, but I do not know if he went, oh, surpassed he like 5,000 yards. 300. Okay, so then maybe there's two. Because Dan Marino was the first guy to do it, and he did it a full 15 years before everybody else. And that was the greatest single season in quarterback history when he threw 5,000-plus and 48 touchdowns back in 1984. But all I'm saying is, like, Ben Roethlisberger almost broke the single-season passing record a couple years ago. No one talks about it. Why? Because it went 8-8. Eight eight. Jameis Winston threw 5,000 yards last year. Well, first of all, if 5,000 is the number you're going to use, I mean, how many 5,000-yard passers have there Uh, ever been? uh, 12 or less. Like, yeah. So, I mean, it's an anomalous stat anyways. The point is, is that, yeah, if you all of a sudden are behind and decide you got to throw the football to try and come back, you can have inflated passing stats. And it's indicative of actually not a good thing because you're behind and probably way behind, which is why you're slinging it all over the place, which is why Blake Bortles threw for a bunch of yards you know, in a couple of seasons, well, he was, you know, never any good. So I, 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 I buy all of that, but also I don't buy the notion that because you throw for that many yards, you're just not good or your team just isn't good. Like if you throw for a bunch of yards in general, that's still a good thing, but it has to be done and managed the right way. If you're doing it just simply because you can't run the football, that's bad. I understand that. And maybe there's a lot of cases where that instances where that is the case, but you know, are they are they inflated stats? They are. The point is they can't stand alone and tell you anything. You have to understand passing yards in a greater context in order to appreciate whether they're meaningful or not. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm actually wrong as well. Uh, only only because for whatever reason I just didn't remember Drew Brees. Drew Brees has thrown for five thousand yards five times in his yeah. career, which makes up exactly one fifth of the, 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 the five thousand yard happened. passing seasons, and he's made the playoffs four of those five years. Yeah. Also, you are correct. Peyton Manning has a single season passing record for five thousand four hundred seventy seven yards, which was one more than Brees threw for in twenty eleven. One, one yard? yard, one yard. Oh gracious! Uh, you think Brees and Peyton get together and watch every single play from each of those seasons and really go? Well, that's the thing is Peyton's came after Breeze's, so you know Peyton beat him by one yard just to, to make sure to that get he beat there. him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brady also had his huge year when Randy Moss showed yeah, up right. in town. But he also had Ben Roethlisberger in 2018 missing the playoffs, James Winston a year ago. Um, well, the, the top six passers in the NFL last season, right? None points. of them went right. to the postseason. Well, the other thing is, is Matt Stafford is thrown for oh. 5,000 yards multiple times in his career, too. I mean, th- this, is the, this is the point right here, man. Like... <laughs> You can throw for a bunch of yards or not, but you like if you're on a bad team or in a bad organization, like it's 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 just pointless. Well, 
it's not even that it's just pointless. For the Lions, it just shows you, like, the definitive reason the Lions have been bad is because they can't run the ball. No, and no. that's that's the indicative stat. I mean, Matt Stafford set and reset the attempts in a season mark, I think, three times in four years because they were just so dead set on... This is a hypothetical I was talking with my brother. Okay. If Matt Stafford played for the Chargers for his career... yeah. What would his legacy be? Um, Matt Stafford would have been a. Per, I mean, it, a lot like Philip Rivers. It, it, <laughs> yeah, I think. He, see, here's the thing, though. I think he would have been way better. I I, I don't know about way better. I think he would have been better. Matt Stafford's way better than Philip Rivers. I don't know about way better. He Matt Stafford's better. a lot better than a lot of people. Put Matt Stafford on the Falcons. Exact same timeline as Matt Ryan. Yeah, I mean, put Matt Stafford on the Broncos. Last ten years. Well, I mean, they won a. Put Super Matt Bowl Stafford on, on the Vikings. Put Matt Stafford on the Bears. Put Matt Stafford on the Titans. But the, I think he wins. I think he gets to a conference championship game at the very least in every single one of those scenarios we just laid out. I, I agree. I agree. Like I mean, he's. he's it, it, but here's here's the thing. It's like I told. It's like I told my brother. Going to the playoffs twice as the Lions quarterback is like winning an NCAA tournament game if you're the Southern Utah women. And this is why. What is the one thing they can't do? Offensively, run the ball. This is why Barry Sanders is the greatest football player ever walked the face of the earth. I mean, <laughs> he walked away. But the the other thing is, if Matt Stafford was on any of those teams, I mean, not any of them, not not Atlanta, but but most of the teams you mentioned, he's not going to do anything like the individual numbers that he's done. To your point, like because they're they are actual football teams that do you know yeah. other things and just throw the ball to, around. To extrapolate my point further. It's not 5,000 that's the baseline mark because actually a slight majority of the guys have thrown for 5,000 went to the playoffs. It's that it's 4,500 is the magic number, though, because there's been 50 passing, 50, 4,500 yard passing seasons, and the vast majority of those guys have not gotten to the playoffs. Two Telenuanas, ESPN Radio. We go to basketball. Stan Van Gundy, he's back in the association. Hallelujah. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. SVG back. Coach of the best young team in the league. It's Tutel and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN, the Scholar Sports MT. 
Golter, breaking news today in the NBA. Stan Van Gundy is back. The more Van Gundy we could get in the association, the better. He is the head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, this just makes me so very happy. I can hardly stand it. The best young team in the NBA just played in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, no. What do you mean? They're not that young. They are that young. They're Their not. two superstars are both 23 years old. Yeah, their superstars are pretty young, but they're which, not which that young. Which makes them the best young team. No. Do they, they have one guy on their whole roster over 30. Ingram, Ball, Zion, you add them together, that's 17 years old between the three of them. <laughs> yeah, it's also like 30 wins, which makes them not very good. It was a shortened season, my friend. Um, <sighs> not that shortened. They didn't make the playoffs. The, the Zion Williamson played in like fifteen games. It, 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 it I'm just I'm just not there yet. Well, you shouldn't be there yet. They're not there yet. They're the young team. That's the point. They you were not even as impressive team. as the Phoenix Suns in the bubble, though. No, they I weren't in the bubble. So eight games that they played, and that's it. Suns went undefeated. Stop. Suns have Stan equally- Van Gundy is all you need to know. He's the solution to every problem. And I cannot wait to see him, to have him back in in all of his Van Gundy-ness in the NBA. I have no analysis of what he's going to do with the team or what he should do. I don't care. I just care that he's there in his suit, maybe a sweater neck, like a sweat, like a turtleneck underneath the co- the jacket. I don't know if you can do that in the bayou. I think you just ex- just melt immediately, just spontaneously combust. But the fact that Stan Van Gundy's back as a head coach in the league makes me very, very happy and satisfied. Go Pelicans. Uh, Stan Van doesn't get enough credit for uh, the impact he's had on what we watch as modern-day NBA basketball. Mm. Everybody talks about originally the Popovich Spurs and their spacing in the half-court offense. And then Mike D'Antoni, first with Phoenix, then disastrously in New York, but then you know comes back around and with the Rockets, what we've seen these last handful of years with the Rockets, and you know the seven seconds or less offense, shoot as many threes as you can, play the analytics game, all that sort of stuff. Everybody knows those influences. Everybody also knows the influence of the Golden State Warriors and the lineup of death and the Steve Kerr, you know, and the pin down plays that they run. I actually heard a great take. Uh, Greeny had a great take on uh, Mike Greenberg had a great take on Greeny today. He was saying that. Actually, people missed the boat in the fact that the Miami Heat are not like this poor man's 90s Eastern Conference team like a lot of people wanted to pin them as. They're actually the super poor man's Golden State Warriors. Mm. It's just that Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero are not Seth Curry and Clay Thompson, but like the pin down stuff that they run and all that, and yeah. like Bam Adebayo is Draymond Green. Like that's the that's how it works. The fact he can play the point forward and all those things. Regardless, when Stan Van was in Orlando and they had Dwight Howard, before Dwight Howard fell off a cliff, and they were playing this incredibly innovative four-round one, but the reason it was different than a lot of different four-round ones was they decided to sign a bunch of incredibly skilled but incredibly tall players to play around Dwight Howard. And if you remember those Orlando Magic teams, it was five foot ten Jabir Nelson running the point, but then you had 6'10", uh, Richard Lewis, 6'10", Hito Turkoglu, 6'10", Pedro Sajakovic, yeah. and then seven-foot Dwight Howard in the middle. And they were the first team that was using the size and and shooting in the half court, and it helped mitigate so many of Dwight Howard's offensive weaknesses. Zion is a lot more developed offensively than Dwight Howard ever was already, 
but he still does have a few. And I think that as time progresses, just because teams are going to learn how to take on his mass and his explosiveness, he'll he's gonna, he's going to be one of those players where he's going to have to go through people actually showing his weaknesses because he's never had to have his weaknesses exploited. Yeah, he's just bowled his way to the rim, <laughs> and even in the even in in the NBA in the NBA in the NBA yeah. But 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 that's the fact that he did play a limited amount of time this year, like you said though. It it helped him so much because no one still has a scout on him. So people find a scout. I mean, people even have a scout for LeBron James. Yeah. All I'm saying though is I think that Stan Van's a great fit for Zion because I think that they'll be able to surround him. Now, question is, what do you do? Because they don't have enough shooting. They need shooting. Ingram, I like. I thought he was one of the most improved players in the league. Lonzo can't shoot. Drew Holiday, not that great a shooter. Derek Favors can't shoot. Like they need they need shooters if they want to emphasize what Zion does best. Two Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, hour number one in the books, hour two straight ahead. Our ESPN roundtable, Jordan Sullivan, former Lady Grizz player, former professional player overseas, current assistant coach on the Lady Grizz staff, joins us next. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 